Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. We have to put the man to work. Joining me on his very special day to break down all the market action is birthday boy Ryan Huang. Happy birthday again, Ryan. How are you really doing market view on my birthday? Ah, special edition, all right? All right. <laughs> We're all about work here on Money FM. Uh, yes, three of the world's biggest and most famous companies have opened their financial books this morning, and we'll walk through the numbers in just a moment. First, though, I was looking at my phone last night, thinking about whether to get a new VR headset. It's what I do when I online shop, you know, and, and one of my brothers turning a year older, I thought, could I buy this for him for his birthday? And then I got distracted by a social media notification. I saw an ad that caught my attention and it took me to the e-commerce platform. So which three companies grab my attention? See, every day I put out something like that. It's a Zen Cohen and you tell me which three companies I was secretly hinting at. Have you got it? If you said Apple, Amazon, and Facebook's parent company, Meta, you are correct, my brilliant friend. Let's start with Amazon, which is soundly beating expectations. It grossed 170 billion US dollars in the fourth quarter of the year. That's 14% higher than expected. And its net profits for the quarter top 10.5 billion US dollars. Not even the same league as a year earlier. 38 times better. What's driving Amazon? Yeah, I'll be down to. Um, no pain, no gain, because this is what they went through much earlier, the wave of layoffs they had in previous years. And also, we are still seeing layoffs come to the fore right now. So these efficiency gains are now starting to translate into a better bottom line. So if you look at the numbers right now, earnings per share at $1 versus the expected $0.80, cents, revenue is up to $170 billion versus the expected $166.2 billion. So you've got a beat on expectations showing that the business is growing and CEO Andy JC's efforts to rein in costs are paying off. And investors are applauding these results. In fact, Amazon shares are jumping 7%. They did so in after-hours trade. Amazon's also rolling out a new AI shopping assistant called Rufus. So do you think Rufus is going to help you pick out a nice gift for Valentine's Day for Mrs. Wang? <laughs> Everyone needs some help for Valentine's Day. <laughs> and what more if you can figure out what to do with AI? So I am looking forward to trying out one day. Hopefully, it's always a tough one, right? You feel, your friends, you buy gifts from them every day, or I mean every year, and then there will be a point where you run off ideas. What do I get for them next? And hopefully this AI feature will give you new ideas that you might not have thought of based on the patterns you've been buying in the past few years. So maybe it's going to be quite useful. Yeah, I think so. It is a real struggle, a real headache that the world needs less of. What do I buy somebody on this special day? So um, it's called Rufus, by the way, the AI shopping assistant. Look out for it. Next up, let's turn to Facebook's parent company, Meta. Its sales jumped 25% during the last quarter of the year as the company grossed 40 billion US dollars. That is the company's fastest growth rate in several years. Ryan, what, is, what part of Meta's business seems to be performing the best. Yeah, so you've got an overall picture of Meta also starting to benefit from prior cuts. And of course, we talk about the year of efficiency many times for Meta last year. And it looks like that's starting to pay off. So much so, it is making plans to pay its first ever quarterly dividend 
and also raising the mandate or the amount of shares it's set to buy back from the market to the tune of $50 billion. So strong fourth quarter results. It saw a 25% gain in sales, profits that tripled. So it is looking quite good. And this is based on what's paying off in terms of at least promise uh, mm. for AI as well as what's making in terms of progress in the metaverse. So you've got a couple of potential engines for future growth coming through. For the first time, Meta will pay out a dividend. It is also planning a 50 billion US dollar share buyback plan. Investors like what they hear. Meta shares up more than 15% in after hours trade. What else has struck you about Meta's performance, Ryan? Yeah, if you look at what else is um, interesting to look at, um, the CFO said there was a strong increase in revenue in the fourth quarter due to high spending by China-based advertisers and AI-recommended video content. So the daily watch time across the company's apps increased 25% from a year earlier. So they are managing to make their videos stick and make it more sticky. And people are just browsing more videos and people in China seem to be watching more as well. It is Apple's turn now. Headlines for the iPhone maker are mixed, everybody. Some say that Apple has ended a years-long sales slump. Others suggest a weak outlook. What is the latest here? Yeah, it's a bit of a mixed bang when it comes to Apple. It did beat expectations overall. So not too bad, but a bit of a warning sign coming through from China, which underperformed Wall Street targets and a sign that perhaps people are starting to hold back from Apple amidst competition, no price wars as well. In fact, Apple for quite some time did not want to discount their iPhones in China. They had to resort to doing so recently. Mm -hmm. So a sign of the times for Apple starting to lose some ground in China. Apple is trading lower in after-hours trade. Its shares are down nearly 3%. Apple has been lagging behind other big companies on the AI front, but the company's CEO, Tim Cook, is teasing progress on that front. Do you think we could be looking um, if Apple uh, upgrades, you know, an upgrade to Siri maybe or something completely new on the AI front? I'm quite hopeful that they will not have the next big thing coming through, like one more thing that they used to have when they were announcing hardware, right? There's always that special announcement. Mm. And everyone's coming up with a new AI product in some form factor or another. Mm -hmm. And I think Apple will not want to miss the boat on just creating some buzz. Whether it's going to be huge or whether it's going to be small, they will want to be part of the AI party. We've seen many other competitors talking about incorporating Bart, um, their own stuff like Bart into Google's stuff. I'm sure Apple will be also wanting to be in the mix. And maybe the next iPhone will have more AI-powered features that can help you to decide things, figure out your health, what to buy when you're stuck for present shopping and just get around your life a bit easier. They need to do something with Siri. I mean, what do you use Siri for? I just use her to time the cooking of my eggs. That's about it. Well, I am on Android. So I use my Google Assistant for so far basic stuff like how's the weather, what's the time. Really? Tell me a joke and really basic <laughs> stuff. So it hasn't for. really progressed to changing my life yet in a sense. So I think um, there needs to be some form of a killer application or some integration into what you already use like word document your email say hey 
Google finish mm. up typing my email for me. It has to be a seamless interaction. Right now, we are not at a stage yet. No, it's really basic tasks. So I hope Siri does, um, Apple does something on the AI front worth talking about soon that does help us improve our lives in some way. If we take a step back, what is your biggest takeaway from Apple, Amazon and Meta's results? Yeah, it's a very encouraging picture after a very strong year in 2023. Then we had a bit of a sell-off in the late part of last year. And then tech seems to be bouncing back. And it does look like the efficiency gains are starting to come through. So perhaps it is further upside for many of these tech giants. Um, But the conversation is starting to shift into who else might be joining the bandwagon, whether the other smaller tech companies will start to also see a bit of a spillover sentiment uh, because of the ground that is already covered by some of the big tech names. Maybe that could go into the smaller cap names as well. So the AI momentum could start to be carried over into some of the smaller companies. All right, let's look away from tech. A regional US bank is making headlines and it's reviving some uncomfortable memories from last year's banking crisis. That bank is called New York Community Bank Corp and it tumbled 11% overnight after plunging nearly 38% a day earlier after reporting a drop into the red. Fill us in. Yeah, it's a very familiar concern, right? The US regional banking crisis of confidence happened sometime back in March last year. And then we had bank after bank starting to raise some um, red flags, at least about what is going wrong. People starting to flock to safety. Well, it's back again. And this is now seeing some of these smaller banks set aside more provisions for potential losses in some sectors. Mm -hmm. And this involves the commercial real estate sector. So it's uh, pretty much a victim of high interest rates for quite some time staying elevated. And it could be the case for quite some time as well because we've been hearing from the Fed saying, hey, no rate cuts in March, maybe down the road, maybe not so soon. So that kind of puts some headwind into the commercial real estate sector among other property sectors. So it's starting to raise concerns that maybe these banks might be overexposed in a sense and provision, provisions are starting to creep up amongst of these smaller banks. Yeah, the sell-off has raised $3 billion US dollars in market cap. So the question becomes, is there going to be a contagion effect or does the sell-off represent a buying opportunity? Well, JP Morgan Chase thinks that the sell-off is overdone. We'll see if they're right. Let's bring the conversation back home right here in Singapore. Take a look at local earnings. Up or down style? Is Keppel up or down, Ryan? All right, Keppel is going to be and up for me. So its second half profit is higher by 2.5%. So for the full year, it's a record. And this is off the back as well on an offshore marine unit sale. And this brings full year earnings to $4.1 billion, a more than four times increase from a year earlier. I'll give Keppel an up as well. Um, on the back of the news of its disposal of Keppel Offshore Marine, which it sold to Citrium. It is worth noting, though, that Keppel's profits would have been higher if not for accounting losses at Keppel REIT. So let's look at Digital Core REIT. All right, I'm looking at Digital Core REIT as a down because it is suffering a 7.3% drop in DPU to 1.78 cents. And this for the six months ended December 2023. So gross revenue down 10.4%. 
net property income down 17.9%. A big part of that was because of the bankruptcy of mm. its second largest customer, which accounted for around 22% of its annualized revenue. So the bit of a down second half for digital call read. Definitely, and it's cutting distributions to unit holders by more than 7%. That is definitely a down. Let's look at Capitaland Ascendus Read. Well, guess what? Also a down. DPU is down 6.1% to 7.4 cents for Capitaland Ascendus Read. So very, I suppose, um, not a bright picture for Capland Ascender Street, and it comes as gross revenue for the second half of the year rose 11%. Net property income was up 4.6%. So, right now, you are looking at the factors coming through in the form of higher interest expenses amid the rising rate environment as the main factor being cited. Rising interest rates took a bite out of Capitaland Ascendus REIT's bottom line. And as you mentioned, the DPU down by 6%. So that's a down for me. SGX versus Bursa Malaysia. Let's look at the stock exchanges. All right, two exchanges, one in Singapore and the other across the causeway. And it is a down for SGX for the first half of its FY 2024. So it's looking at a net profit of... $281.6 million for those six months ended December. That is a drop of 1%. So that's, I suppose, a down for SGX on those terms. Uh, Otherwise, if you look at the Bursa Malaysia, it is seeing some encouraging signs citing how financial growth is going to be a factor to help trading activity uh, grow as well. So it is seeing operating revenue rise due to more trading. So it recorded a net profit of 59.55 million ringgit. So that is a big improvement from the 49 million ringgit in the same quarter in 2022 of its financial year. Malaysia Stock Exchange, wow, posting that 22% jump in fourth quarter profits, while here in Singapore, SGX says profits for the first half of the fiscal year have contracted by 1%. 1%. So yeah, I join you there. I'll give Bursa Malaysia an up, SGX a down as well. In other local news, the STB, that's Singapore Tourism Board, they've released their full-year visitor arrival numbers for 2023 as well as a forecast for 2024. 13.6 million people visited Singapore last year. That is more than double the number of people who came here the year before. As we dive a little deeper into the tourism landscape, it is now time for you to play along at home. Quiz time, everybody. Our first question, which country tops the rankings for most visitors to Singapore? Do you think it's the US, India, China or Indonesia? Ryan knows. <laughs> well, it's interesting. You can just hit to Marina Bay Sands and look around you and you might get a bit of a reflection of who is coming to Singapore. At the top of the list of the amount of tourists coming into Singapore is Indonesia. Mm. So that's at the top at 2.3 million, followed by China and Malaysia, around one plus million each. So Indonesia, top four numbers. But who is spending the most? That comes through from China. Chinese tourists are spending a bit more than the rest. uh, But Indonesia is still in the top three when it comes to spending. So that's um, an encouraging picture overall for Singapore, which is seeing its tourism numbers more than doubling for last year.
Selamat datang, my Indonesian friends. Not only are more people visiting us here in Singapore, they're also staying longer as well. The average length of stay last year was 3.8 days. So will 2024 arrivals reach pre-pandemic levels? That's a straightforward yes or no question. So what do you all think? Are this year's tourist arrivals expected to fully regain their pre-pandemic levels? What's the official forecast? Well, why not, I suppose? If you've got Taylor Swift coming to town, you've got so many concerts coming, it would only make sense for these numbers to go up. So if you look at the average length of stay last year, it was at 3.8 days compared to 3.4 days, the same period in 2019. So already it's quite encouraging that this year is going to be better. A year ago, though, STB had a different forecast. It thought that 2024 would be the year that tourism activity would recover to pre-pandemic levels. However, STB now says geopolitical and economic uncertainty are depressing travel numbers. So not expected this year, okay, officially, but who knows? The Swift, Swift effect might change everything. Our last word today belongs to Chu Shou Z. He's the CEO of TikTok. He was grilled by U.S. lawmakers yesterday about... About his links to China, never mind that his wife and his children are U.S. citizens. The best exchange of the day, in my opinion, came when the Republican Senator Tom Cotton asked Chu if he has ever been a member of, associated with or affiliated with the Communist Party of China. And Chu replied, no, Senator, I'm Singaporean. He also noted he served his nation, Singapore. Uh, what did you make of Chu's testimony, Ryan? Yeah, it's becoming a meme right now. So it is... <laughs> Very eyebrow-raising how these exchanges play out in Congress. Senators pressing him, for example, you know, where he's from, is he from the Communist Party? And I suppose for Singaporeans, it kind of makes it quite puzzling. Maybe for Americans, they might see things differently, how perhaps Singapore might be closely associated with China for some reason. Maybe they've got a different lens going on in Congress. Chu tangled with several Republican senators. He told Ted Cruz that his analysis of TikTok's content was flawed and based on cherry-picking data. And when asked by Senator Cotton for his views on Tiananmen and the persecution of China's Uyghur minority, Chu replied, quote, anyone who cares about this topic or any topic freely expresses themselves on TikTok. Seems to me he more than held his own vis-a-vis uh, -vis these senators. But TikTok might be facing a bigger problem, waning interests. The New York Times is running a piece with a headline that asks, have we reached the end of TikTok's infinite scroll? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I don't think so. I think people will still want to scroll endlessly, but I think it's a big conversation around social media and its future anyways, because we had also Mark Zuckerberg in Congress, and he also had a bit of a grilling going on, and he was almost bullied to apologize to parents who lost their children for various reasons and Mark Zuckerberg was blamed for it and the senator forced him to apologise. Now there's this conversation of whose fault is it? Is it the platform's fault or is it the um, parents' lack of intervention? No, there is so many angles to this and then people are asking questions, no, should guns be blamed for shootings or the parents and so on. So there is a spiraling conversation that comes out from this. Yeah, and it'll be ongoing. Uh, will TikTok go the way of Friendster or MySpace? That's uh, one question that I'm seeing quite a bit on social media. What do you think? It's popular now, but who remembers Friendster? 
I would never have thought Friendster would go away. So who would have thought or where, who will think, who will be able to think where things will be from five years from now? I think it's here to stay. Um, but we'll see. Time will tell. All right, it's time to let birthday boy here go enjoy some cake. Thank have a you, great day Michelle. Ahead. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.